Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Hello, this is Sian Hansen, and I'm here with Robin Kermode. Hello. And today we're going to talk about that moment. Oh my goodness, we all know that moment when your mind goes blank. And I imagine it can happen in any circumstance. It can. And it can happen just because you, for some reason, get distracted and your mind goes elsewhere. Yeah. It's not necessarily that you've planned to say something that you can't remember. Often for me, it's when I'm having a conversation with somebody, my ear gets distracted by a conversation going at the next table in a restaurant or something like this. And I get fascinated with what's going on over there. And somebody says, so what do you think about this? And I'm going, I I don't actually know what you're you're asking me here, you know. So what kind of situations, Robin, do these things happen? You're standing on a stage, you're giving a speech and your mind goes blank. Hmm. But where else can this happen? Like an interview or where does your mind go blank? Imagine you're in a pressured situation like an interview and someone says to me, what's your favourite book? And you suddenly think, I can't remember any book I've ever read in my life. (laughs) And it's awful. And your mind just goes blank. And it's the pressure thinking, I have to come up with some perfect answer. Mm. I think that's often the pressure, the pressure we put on ourselves. Mm. And I think the answer is come up with an answer. I remember when I was very young, I was doing a sitcom on television and the star of the show said, I'm going on a chat show on Saturday night, the big chat show on television. I'm going to tell this story about my mother. And I said, but what if they don't ask you about your mother? He said, oh, that's very simple. Just watch the show, right? So I watched the show and the host said, so I gather you're rehearsing this new sitcom. He said, yes, I am. I phoned up my mother to tell her about it. Actually, I must tell you about my mother. Now, when I was five years old. I think that's called a bridge. And he just bridged it straight the way in. But he said, I was going to tell that story, whatever happened. So I knew the bridge and I knew I was going to do that. Stories are easy to remember. You don't have to write a whole story down because you've experienced this story if it's a story that's happened to you. So all you have to do in your bullet point is to write down my mother. Or Or when I met my partner. You'll never forget that. Or my first job interview, whatever. You know the story. So even if the words change a little bit, you know what the story is. You're not going to forget the story. All you have to remember is to tell the story. So you have to remind yourself, I will tell the story about my mother. The thing is, you can't forget something you've experienced. You're not going to forget it, but you can forget lines you've learnt. Clever. You can't forget a memory because you've experienced it. Yes. So that's why telling stories is a great thing. And I really encourage people to tell stories. Yeah. Not because it's once upon a time or anything like that. It's just that we remember stories and the audience, of course, remember them. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think also I've never been on a game show. But you want to be on a game I'd show. I really like you? to be on a game show. <laughs> but I've noticed that under pressure, you know, there's a famous one here called Mastermind. I've noticed under pressure on their specialist subject, mm. their minds can go blank suddenly. And I'm sure they know the answer. Of course. Well, we listen to the radio or television that we hear a quiz on. We shout out the answer because we're not under any pressure at all. Yeah. We know the answer. But I know perfectly well if I was put there under pressure, I would be going, I can't remember. How do you spell blue? I don't know. It's like your mind is. Is that what happens when an actor goes dry on stage, Mm. when they can't remember their lines, even though they've done it like six times Mm. a week? Well, I think that happens because you suddenly start questioning what you're doing. And either you get an unexpected laugh or an unexpected reaction from the audience, and that throws you. And you think, oh, that's interesting. And then once you're thrown, you can't remember where you were. Right. My very worst dry as an actor was 
when I was doing a show called The Norman Conquest, and I was playing Norman, it was a comedy by Alan Akebourne. And in the first scene, all the other people around this breakfast table decide they're not going to talk to him, and they just ignore everything he says. And I say, well, if you're not going to talk to me, I'll talk to myself then. And I had this two and a half page speech of which the others weren't allowed to say anything because they'd all said, we're not going to talk to you. Right. So I had to carry on going. And the very first night, this was going really well. And I thought, what would happen if I forgot my lines now? That would be terrible because they can't help me out. Oh, my goodness. And then I forgot my lines. Oh. They all looked at me thinking, he's dried. He's lost his lines. We can't help him out because we've said we're not going to talk to him. <laughs> so I just found myself about two or three times just saying, well, I'll talk to myself then. No, no, I'll just talk to myself then. And did you get back on track? It probably actually was about five seconds. And the but, audience didn't And notice. the audience wouldn't have a clue. Not no, a clue, no. Not a clue. So I think what you're saying is that when we're under pressure, that's when it happens. Well, it is under pressure, but it's when we question, is that right enough? What would happen if? You're a little gremlin on your shoulder telling yeah. you what. Yeah. So if the problem is when you're under pressure or when you feel under pressure or you feel nervous, like we probably will if we're making your speech, you know, whatever's going to go mm. on, we need to relax, don't we? We need to make sure that we deal with the nerves and deal with the pressure first, because then it's much more likely you won't actually have a blank. Yeah. Yeah. There are times when your mind doesn't go blank, but somehow you've lost your way in your speech. Well, you've once told us on a podcast about how somebody drops their notes all over the floor yes. and how to deal with it. And mm. we just recently saw our prime minister here. He got the order of his notes wrong. Mm. He couldn't find his page number and he completely dried in front of a worldwide audience. Yeah. What are the other times where this can happen, where outside things can happen to you? Well, you're giving a speech and suddenly the technology breaks down. The power goes off or suddenly something goes wrong with your microphone. Right. I did my first reading ever at a church service. I'd never done that before. And I even went to the church ahead of time to practice. And I was feeling quite confident. Anyway, we got to the Christmas carol service. I was right on cue. I was walking up the aisle. I stood in front of the microphone just at the right time. Now, I should tell you, though, they were setting up the after party <laughs> in the room next door and the DJs were setting up. So I was halfway through my reading and suddenly... The whole church was filled with one, two, three testing right over my reading. I think you said something like, and the angel said, testing, one, two, three, testing. And I'm not sure that's what the angel did say. <laughs> anyway, I decided at that point, the best thing to do was to just stay quiet because I could see lots of people running around in a complete panic trying to fix this. And I thought there's nothing I can do standing there. So you stayed still. I didn't panic because everybody else was doing it for me. Yeah. But what about technology? Technology is part of a lot of speech making now, isn't it? it? It is. I remember working with a friend of mine on his wedding speech and he was getting married. He said, I want to give this speech, but it's going to be by candlelight. So I won't be able to see my notes. So why don't I have my phone, which of course is backlit. I'll have my phone there and I'll have it written there and I'll scroll up the phone. That was fine, except that, of course, on your wedding day, you've got lots of other things to think about one of which is charging the battery. Oh, so no. halfway through his speech, and I was there, and the speech was going very well. We'd rehearsed it, and he was reading off the phone. It was all nice. And suddenly, I could see from a distance the phone screen just go blank. And, of course, the battery ran out. <gasps> Not that he didn't know what he should say next, but it went blank, and it threw him for a moment. He was in that moment of thinking, oh, well, what do I do now? And then it took him about a minute to get back onto the story again. 
Yeah. I heard somebody use an expression the other day that I thought was really good because they were standing on stage and they launched into clearly something they were very passionate about and they'd lost their way. They just turned to the audience and admitted it and said, I just got so passionate that I've lost my way. But not saying, I'm sorry I lost my way. Yeah, no, You're no saying, apologies. I was so passionate because yeah, you're always no explaining apologies. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you apologise when you've, when you've lost your way? Do you apologise? It does depend, doesn't it, what kind of audience you've got. You know, Maybe you can at a job interview say, I'm sorry, my mind's just gone blank. I'm so I, nervous, whatever. Yeah. And to be honest, most people understand that. Yeah. It would be funny if you admitted it while you're standing on stage and you went, oh, I've just lost my way. And that an audience member just goes... <laughs> Shouts it out. Shouts it out. Well, I bit. suppose they might do it as Shakespeare if they knew the play. I remember watching a very famous British actor who was knighted. This is going back uh, many years. This actor and a younger actor both sitting on a sofa in the middle of the stage. And the famous actor forgot his lines. There was a long pause. And then he stood up very slowly, walked to the front of the stage. I mean, this must have taken a long time. And he watched him and he thought, what are you doing now? He walked to the front of the stage and he said, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm afraid I will have to ask for a prompt. I'm so very sorry. And then he walked very slowly to the side of the stage. And you couldn't take your eyes off him. And he put his ear up against the side of the stage and he went, yes. And he went, I thought it was whatever the line was. And he went, thank you so much. And then he walked slowly back to the centre of the stage. And he went, I'm so very sorry, ladies and gentlemen. And then he walked back to his seat, said the line and got a round of applause. That's the way to do it. It does help if you're 90 and you're a national treasure, of course. And one thing I've always been curious about is sometimes, I've seen this happen to you, actually, you've been told that you have 30 minutes. Oh, yes, yeah. And then you don't because, you know, another speaker has run over before you. So you're now told you have 20 minutes. How do you edit so fast in your head? It's another chance that you could go blank if you're under that kind of pressure. Well, I think people could go blank if you try to do a 30-minute speech in 17 minutes. Right. That's the biggest challenge is people think, well, I have to give value, so I'm going to give 30 minutes worth of content into 17 minutes. And what happens is you end up looking manic. So what we have to do is to say, okay, I have 17 minutes. If I'm helping people construct a speech, I always say, let's do it in sections. And then what you do under those circumstances is you take a section out or two sections out because you can't try and get everything in. You can't, can you? No. Then if you don't put yourself under so much pressure, you're less likely to go blank. Yeah. What can you do as a safety net just in case it happens to you? In other words, what can you prep ahead of time in case your mind goes blank when you're on stage? People construct speeches in different ways. Some people like to write the whole thing out and then they get shorter and they do bullet points and then they, or paragraphs, and then they do bullet points and they do a series of making it shorter and shorter. Some people just write down four or five stories they're going to tell in the order they want to do them. But it doesn't really matter. But whatever the short version of your speech is, if you have that on you in your pocket, then if anything goes wrong, you can always say, do you know what? There were a couple of things I really wanted to tell you today. And then you can always pretend to take it out, almost as if you'd planned to do it. Oh, clever. That's a really Mm. good one. Now, I'm quite a visual person. Is there a way to trigger your memory using images, you know, if you lose your way? There's something that I work with clients on sometimes, particularly if they're visual, and that's think of it like a film. Mm -hmm. So this really is, in a way, your preparation for the speech. Mm. It will help you go blank less often, I think. For example, I remember working with the head teacher of a school. She was going to be talking to sixth form parents. Right. And she wanted to talk about the state of education in the UK, 
the state of the education within her area, what her school stood for and what she stood for, and then go into detail about the sixth form. And I said, well, if you think of this as one long film shot, imagine you've got a big wide shot, maybe a drone camera, as it were, right above the UK. That's your first shot. It's coming all the way down, rather like Google Earth, that kind of thing, all the way down into your area. So initially, you look at education from 10,000 feet. You come down to the area. Then the shot continues to close up to the school. Yeah. Now you talk about the school. Then you go inside the school. The camera carries on. And in your mind's eye, you picture, this is very visual, you picture the rooms. You picture the first form, the second form, the third form. You talk a bit about that. You then go up the stairs to the sixth form. There you are in the sixth form room, and you're talking about the sixth form. So, so that's you can your never memory. lose your way because... You're in control. You know your school. You know yeah. the stairs. These are anchors that will help you, I think. No, that's really good. Do you ever use mind maps? Mind maps are great. Some people like to imagine it on the paper and they can see it on the paper. Yeah. I know some people, dyslexics particularly, are very helped by colour. Mm. So if you have colours on a page, yeah. some people, you can have, for example, one section written, you know, highlighted in orange, one in green, one in blue. If suddenly your mind goes blank, you just look down and you think... I'm on colour orange. In your mind's eye, exactly, right. yes. And then you think, right. okay, I knew I was on orange. And actually, of course, if you forget the second or third or fourth point on the orange, yeah. nobody knows what you plan to say. So you think, okay, I know I was going to go from orange to blue, orange to green. Yeah. And you think, okay, I go to my next colour and I start that one fresh. Your audience doesn't really know what you were going to say. No. So if you do the prep well mm. and your mind does go blank, they may not even notice. And do it with confidence. Do and the do it change with confidence. confidence yeah. what, what about that old trick that we used to use in exams? You know, you would create a single word out of the beginning letter of everything you had to remember. I think we did it in chemistry. Yes, in mnemonic. We did it in history. I remember doing it. And colours of the rainbow. For example, the school example I just gave, you could say, I want to talk about the landscape of education. We'll call so, that an L. Yeah. Then the second one, maybe we're going to talk about the area you're in. So we've got L for landscape, we've got A for area, and then we're going to talk about the school. So that'll be S. So you've got L-A-S, and then maybe you're going to talk about the sixth form. That's the second S, so that's LAS. If you lose your way, you're going to go LAS. I'm going to go landscape, area, school, sixth form. Oh, do you know what? I think that would work for me. I yeah. think that's a really good tip. Actually. So again, you see some people like colour, some people like letters like that. Some people will be visual with a film. That's a great place to wrap on this podcast because, uh, oh, my mind's just gone blank. No, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's a great place to just wrap on this podcast. Basically, you can say to yourself, I'm going to prep as much as I can. I'm going to do bullet points. I'm going to stay relaxed. I'm going to feel confident. And I'm going to remember that they don't really know what I'm about to say. So mm -hmm. nobody can catch me out. So for all those reasons, mm -hmm. I'm going to feel good. Mm -hmm. And if you get a bit of technology that doesn't work or whatever, just swing into a story. Because yeah. like you say, you can never mess up on a memory. Yeah, because in your DNA, you know yeah. that. Yeah. So you don't have to remember the words, but you remember the actual incident. It goes back to our other podcast about telling stories and weaving in stories, mm. because those are the things that you can remember. And the audience will remember as well. Robin, thank you for another brilliant podcast. Lots of takeaways in this one. I suppose the most important thing to remember is when something goes wrong, don't panic. Keep calm and carry on. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com.